World Talk Radio. Never give up, never give in. The ones who will work are the ones who will win. The impossible, answer the call. Dragon and bait and switch, y'all coming up on Star Style. Be the star you are with your personal growth coach, Cynthia Bryan. Don't go away. A great show awaits. Did you know that teens with low self-esteem who feel they don't fit in are more vulnerable to peer pressure, more likely to have depressive reactions, eating disorders, higher rates of alcohol and drug abuse, criminal involvement, suicide attempts, and be involved with risky behaviors? You can help make a difference by sponsoring this radio program, Be The Star You Are. Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, positive media, and donates positive books to increase literacy. Call 877-944-STAR, S-T-A-R. For more information or visit our website at bethestarur.org. Also, you can make a PayPal donation at www.bethestarur.org. Thank you for helping our youth succeed. We have all encountered those ordinary people who have accomplished extraordinary things in their neighborhoods, towns, and villages around the world. These people have answered a common call, a call to consciousness. Join Brian McClure to discover your call to consciousness. Discover your personal power to make a difference in the world you live in. A Call to Consciousness with Brian McClure broadcasts live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Radio, Studio A. Tune in and begin to make a difference. Listen. Are you ready? The world is talking. Are you ready? World Talk Radio. Look among the stars. Well, we're looking among the stars today as usual. Hello, Power Partners. Welcome to radio's finest hour of power, star style B, the star you are, an hour of talk radio with experts and authors that will just give you a lot more fun and help you excel in life. My name is Cynthia Bryan. I'm always happy to be your personal growth success coach with you on the airwaves every week. We're a show about following your heart, living your dreams, champagne for the spirit, and we are dedicated to inspiring you, encouraging you, informing you, and most of all, entertaining you. Today's show will offer you a super day. Jane Porter is going to entertain us with her newest mom-lit novel, Mrs. Perfect, will also talk a little bit about uh, Flirting with 40, which is also one of our fun books, followed by Linda Thompson's fictional memoir, I Am My Own Dragon, and in Tea for Two, Heather Brittany and I will be discussing people and companies who promise you the moon and deliver hell and bait and switch. My purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you always possess everything you need to be the writer, producer, and star of your life. We want you to smile, have fun, be wild, and wacky, reach for 
the Stars, and, of course, read some books. The show is brought to you by the charity Be the Star You Are. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org, empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive media, as this show is. Our motto, to be a leader, you must be a reader. Well, Red Book's hot summer read for 2006 was flirting with 40, and it is now a lifetime TV movie starring Heather Locklear. Author of the book is Jane Porter, and she follows up her latest novel, Odd Mom Out, with Mrs. Perfect, a very, very fun read about kind of the renegade women on that are moms that are trying to do it all and be perfect. Welcome, Jane, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you, Cynthia. It's great to be here. Well, I am so excited to have you on. i got to tell you, I sat down with both of your books, Flirting with Forty and Mrs. Perfect, and read them both in one sitting. They were really, really good and really, really fun. So tell me a little bit about your characters, because I know we'll start with Mrs. Perfect. I know that you have been uh, compared to your characters of Marta, although you say that you have a lot of Tammy slash Taylor um, in you as well. So what's your motivation behind all of these moms? I know that being a mom and a single mom yourself, you definitely have a lot to to add to this pot. Well, I I think women in general, we, we tend to be hard on ourselves. And because I think we're hard on ourselves, I think we end up being hard on other women too. And we often take a look at someone, and without really knowing the full story, we sometimes create a story. If somebody's dressed a certain way, they're, or they're very slim, or they're not very slim, we decide, are they happy, are they successful? And, you know, everybody does this. You know, the, like the book Blink was all right. about we make snap decisions. Right, it's snap decisions, and that's exactly what happens with your characters and Mrs. Perfect. Taylor doesn't like Marta, but it turns out that there's a little twist in there, isn't it? There is. You know, Odd Mom Mount came first, and that was really Marta's book. And Marta, we saw Taylor through Marta's eyes, and, and Marta had no love lost for Taylor either. Now, from Marta's point of view, a lot of that stemmed from her she was feeling protected that Taylor's daughter, Gemma, didn't like. You know, so there's this kind of, ouch, you've hurt my daughter's feelings, so I'm going to be kind of sensitive. But I, and I think, again, we, we moms end up, um, you know, sometimes we don't have enough boundaries a little bit, and, and we will own too much of our kids' successes or we own too much of their hurts. And so I, I love writing for women because it's just a dialogue. I want well, to say. You know, you capture it so well, Jane. And, you know, I, I don't know of many authors who can, can put the feelings to paper as you do, as well as you do, because we've often talked about on this show, because we're a real women's show, how women are, are our own. We're our own worst enemy. We always talk about the glass ceiling, but in reality, women stab other women in the back. We're always judging. And what I really found in the book, here that I read this week is that you have women who are literally fighting themselves. They're, you know, they're down on themselves, as you said, and it's when they find their true voice and their own power that they're really willing to embrace everyone else and say, hey, I'm okay, you're okay, and let's stop judging. That's exactly it. We can't let anyone else be okay until we say, until we give ourselves permission to be okay the way we are. And that's the biggest thing, and you know, the biggest key for me in everything when my life flipped. I had written all these other books for my publisher in London, a very successful novelist, but I didn't enjoy a lot of it. I, my whole life 
really did a big switch right around the book time, just before I wrote Flirting with 40. I, I finally started to get... If I'm going to wait for something else to happen in my life to be happy, I will never be happy. Well, that isn't that the truth, Jane. Is that I think that's a big issue, whether you're a man, woman, you know, whatever you are, or alien, is that so many people were waiting for the next best thing. And when we get the new house, when the kids grow up, you know, when we find the, the right man or whatever it is, the reality is it's all we have is today. We have this moment in this body at this time. Be happy. Just be happy the way you are. And in flirting with 40, you really bring this out. This was, I, I think that this is based a little bit on one of your trips, right? So, well, what happened is that my life followed the book. The book was written, and my life really developed after the book was done. Unbelievable. So, it, when I was reading Kai, I was thinking, is that Ty? That is that is, your guy, you know, Ty? So, Ty, I interviewed him. I created this character, and then when I went to write, I, he was such a huge influence from the interview. I thought, all right, I'm going to just lift a lot of these characteristics. I really won't see him again by the time this book's done. You know, even if I was attracted to him, it's just not ever going to work. And it you did, know, right? One and a half years later, we're very much together. Oh, my God. See, I just love this story, Jane. I mean, this is like you created your own reality. And you wrote this book. You you actually created the characters that you wanted, and they came true. And you're living the dream. Well, that's, you know, and that was when my that's life power. changed. I wrote book after book after book, and it didn't realize so I'd given woman after woman, and they're, they're classic romances for Harlequin's London Division, but I, they all had a happy ending, happy ending, happy ending. I must have written 15, and I thought, how come everyone else gets it but me? And then I thought, no way. If I can write and create a story and give it a happy ending, I can give me a happy ending, too. That's right. And see, this is what I loved about your books. They, buy, they have happy endings. But the thing about it is is that you're creating it in your own life, which gives women, empowers women to create the lives that they have always dreamed of. And why not you? Your character in Forging with 40 is constantly saying, oh, my God, I'm almost 40, and I must, you know, I must have wrinkles. I look old. And yet this guy, this hunk who's 28, 29, 30, whatever that right in there, is so attracted to her, and I just loved it when the surfer, the young surfer who's, what was he, 20, 21, yeah. asks her, how old are you, and he, she think, he thinks 28. I thought, yay, you go, girl. And you know that, and I have to say, that one event really did happen in real life, and I just, uh, I, I, I remember thinking, you know, some of those things in the book were like there were little moments that really did happen, and then I created a story with him thinking, this is just, you know, when people say, Fiction, stranger. Um, I mean, yeah, then reality is stranger than fiction. Oh, it's you know. But the thing I didn't honestly understand as a little girl growing up into a woman was if we believe what we think, really, we we do create our realities. And if you believe deep down, or you have this fear that nothing good will ever happen, that that's what. That, that will well, you know, it gets back to kind of the law of attraction, if you want to talk about the law of attraction, is that what we believe, we achieve. Yes. So we draw to us that what we think about. I always say that what you think about and talk about comes about. So if a woman, and especially we, as you were saying in the beginning of the interview, we as women are very hard on ourselves, and we're probably harder on ourselves than, you know, we are on uh, our girlfriends or anybody else. But if we continually, continually put ourselves down, that's what we are going to manifest. 
past in her life. And so I love it in both of your books here how your characters start out that way. Mrs. Perfect, she, uh, Taylor, I mean, she was Tammy. She changes her name to Taylor because she didn't like her image as Tammy. And she um, constantly is trying to be perfect because she feels so imperfect. And it's only when she embraces her imperfection and says, hey, this is who I am, love me or leave me, that everything really works out. Wouldn't it be great if we could finally have some years in our life where we go, you know what, I'm never going to be perfect, but the Popeye expression, I am what I am. I am what I am. And we like it. And we just say, fine, cool, awesome. I think that that's, and each book for me leads to another thought, because as I explore them in my fiction and their fun stories and their entertaining beach reads, but underneath it all is this idea of, and it's totally selfish, I'll confess, my dream is, if I'm going to be happy, I want everyone else around me happy so we all can have this great life together. I don't want to be the only one going through life thinking, this is awesome, if there's all these sad faces. Well, you know, the, one of the things is is that the happier that you are personally with yourself is that you, other people will mirror that. So it's like when you walk down the street with a smile on your face, other people see that and they'll start smiling. So even if you, if you can start with one person, it's catchy. Happiness is contagious. And we, uh, that's what I really like about your books uh, is that we, you keep putting it out there that we have the responsibility and the ability to be happy. Happiness is an inside job. Bottom line, inside job. Nobody can give it to you. All the rich men in the world cannot give you happiness. All the jewels, all the fancy houses, the fancy cars, and the perfect kids. It's not going to make you happy unless you decide to be happy. You know, and the, and the thing is, you know, I thought I had to wait for, in a way, happiness to fall to my lap. I had to wait for it to come. And once I realized I can be happy right now, even divorced, even with two kids, even struggling to get some of these bills paid, I can be happy right now. And what, well, and you are so beautiful. Your photo, I'm telling you, you look like you're 20 years old, uh, and, it, and you, you have a radiance about you, so you can tell that you're really happy right now, and you've, you have created that. What I also found, because you live in Washington, so you're really familiar with this whole Bellevue, the whole Microsoft, the whole technology, billionaires, zillionaires, et cetera, but so often all this new money isn't, isn't reality, and everyone has passed, and everybody had to grow up somewhere, and you capture that so well with the different characters that you um, delineate in your stories, because so many moms, especially, they, they do everything for their kids because they want to have the perfect kids, the perfect life, but the reality is is there's no such thing as perfect. Uh, only God is perfect, right? Right. Well, and, and, and Cindy, what I love about this, and maybe this is where the odd mom out idea came from, was I sometimes feel guilty that I, you know, I do certain things with my kids. I write, I work hard, I'll be on a book tour, but then I'll have, you know, a couple of weeks in, in summer or somewhere. I take them on a trip. I hang out with them nonstop. But I, I'm not 24-7 devoted to them. I can't. I need to pay bills. And, and not just need, I love to write. I love to speak to women. So for me, I have a passion, and my kids, though, know mom is, has something she absolutely loves, and you know, they're proud of me. But the guilt comes from other people sometimes saying, don't you, don't you think your kids are going to miss you? Don't you think? And truthfully, they will. We plant seeds in, in their heads saying, you poor things, you don't have mommy here all the time. 
But you're, you are so right, Jane. I, I do remember growing up when there was only one girl in my class whose mother worked, and we used to feel, oh, poor Arlene, her mom has to work. And, but we're in a day and time now where people have to work, and especially if you're a single mom, you definitely have to work. And I'm with you. I really feel that you're role modeling a good behavior for your children because they're seeing you doing what you love, following your heart, and you're also being a good mom. And there's nothing that says being staying home 24-7 is going to make you a good mom as we witness with moms who do that and not seeing anything against moms that are at the home because being a mom is a tough job. Oh, it's but, a great job. And, and that's but sometimes that's really hard to be with the kids all the time. It's great to have a break and to have something that you're passionate about and show your kids that. If that's the secret right there, I think, is do and be who you really want to be, not what your friends say, not what the neighbors think, not what your spouse or significant other thinks. Be who you need and want to be, and you will be a great mom that way. You'll be a happier wife that way. Just don't look outward for the validation. Go inward. Inward. Well, that's what I mean by it's an inside job, and that's so true in your books is that the moms are really good moms, and, and what you show is this generation of women that you're profiling, they really care about their kids. But sometimes in caring about our kids, we become what my kids, well, I live in California, but my kids would call some of these moms these Moraga moms, which were moms that they were literally so involved in every single thing of their child's life that the kids don't have a life. It's really all about the mom. <laughs> I think this community is very similar. I know Moraga quite well. I used to live in San Francisco, and I have to say that's one of the things where I back off. I, my kids, unfortunately, will not learn enough musical instruments. They will not know enough about this. They won't play probably every single sport. But and I, that's good. I mean, I think they're so overscheduled these days. That, that's you know? it. I, I grew up in Central California in Visalia, and we rode our bikes places. There wasn't a million things. But we had a lot of time for free time to play when we weren't doing our sports or ballet. And I wanted my kids to have time to build Lego in their room, time to ride their bike down the street, you know, time to figure out what they were going to do. Well, I think what you're saying, Jane, is time to be, just time to be kids. You know, yeah. the bottom line is time to be kids, and that is what is so crucial. And also, one of the things I also felt that you could get across really great with your books is that in this day and age, that divorce happens, and your life is not over. And also, like what happened with Taylor, how important it is to have control of your finances, to know what's going on, so that you're not caught up in such devastation, you know, if a divorce or a death or something should happen, an illness. You know, I, I'm one of those women who did bury their heads in the sand. I was delighted to get married. He was a business guy. He was a numbers guy. I was miscreative. I taught high school and junior high English, and I wrote poetry. I mean, I loved, okay, that's your responsibility. During points in the marriage, it was very stressful for him. He would kind of complain that I didn't care. I cared, but I was so worried when he would talk to me. And so some of that was the Taylor parts of me, too. This, You take care of it. He says he'll take care of it, but then I feel guilty. The best thing for me really becoming head of my own household was I was responsible for all bills, expenses, income, 
And it taught me to not feel guilt about money. It taught me to be level-headed, less emotional. And to be the, be the bright, beautiful woman you were meant to be. Well, your books are really, really fun. Pick them up. Flirting with 40, Odd Mom Out, and the new one, Mrs. Perfect. The author is Jane Porter. She captures women and moms on target. Her website, janeporter.com. Jane, I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so Thank much you. for being a guest on Be The Star You Are. I look forward to your next one. All right, Cynthia, goodbye. Thanks. Stay with us. We're going to find our own dragon when we return. I'm Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be The Star You Are.